Recorded in the darkest dungeons of the basement of Death Studio, Josh, Troy, and Ty present a show dedicated to bringing you, the listener, into the adventure right along with them. Pick up your sword or load your bolt gun, but don't forget your helmet, because it is time for some playin' and slayin'. Live from the BOD studio, it is Playing and Slaying, episode 47. We, uh, we march uh, closer and closer to episode 50, where we will retire and ride off into the pandemic sunset. Uh, but tonight, we are going to talk about what we've been playing, building, hobbying, and purchasing. Uh, we're going to have a special guest join us. Um, during his segment, uh, we're going to talk about the Gen Con that wasn't and the Gen Cons of Christmas past. And uh, that special guest will be joining us later in the hour, and that is Dr. Gabe. He's a real doctor. So a gaming doctor. He is our licensed medical professional of the basement of death. And we will be asking him a series of questions, um, most of them not not real and a, a brief disclaimer which i'm sure he'll provide so that he cannot be uh sued or held liable for any recommendation is <laughs> questions answered in the uh the following episode of plan and slan are not to be taken as real medical advice and if you have any symptoms of any type of sickness or disease injury whatsoever please see your own doctor um unless your own doctor is dr gabe and then don't see him on our show but see him in his office where he will attend to your allergies your colonoscopies and your any other piece that he takes care of do you think his patients call him dr gabe too <laughs> i hope so <laughs> yes the answer is yes <laughs> all right Speaking of medical professionals, when you are playing and slaying, it is important to stay hydrated because hydration is a key ingredient of a healthy lifestyle. So what are we drinking tonight, gentlemen? Josh, what do you have on your desk in your cup? Well, at, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later, uh, but Proof City Brawl kind of came up over the weekend. And uh, so I, I made a Tamara from... The last Brew City Row, and it's pretty good. Uh, it's not perfect, you know. She did it better, but it's a good substitute. Well, I mean, yeah, it got named after her, so she was making them like perfectly. And that is right. a uh, a grind coffee espresso rum and club soda, correct? Correct. And then I did a splash of uh, I had a little orange um, uh, uh, beverage that I splashed yes. in there. Yeah, lovely. Tamara, excellent. Troy, I'm going Hollywood Square style, and you're you're next up in my square because we are remote for episode 47. Social distancing continues in the BOD, and uh, as we social distance, we stay hydrated. Troy, what are you drinking tonight? 
So it's Gen Con week, right? Or it should be Gen Con week. And I have the Sun King uh, Gen Con brew from 2019. So the Brutron 9000, which was a tart golden ale. Um, And I still have a couple left in my fridge. So I figured it was a good week to to pull these out and uh, try and imbibe them. So actually, I was hoping I might. I was trying to maybe do a drive-by with you guys and drop a few off. That still may happen sometime over the weekend here. To, to celebrate the lack of Gen Con or to maybe in the middle of the show, it. you can just yeah drive through drive through. Yeah. Or we just pour them out. Mm-hmm. Is this one where you just, you pour it out, you pour one out for Gen Con 2020. I, I, I like that beer. I <laughs> don't pour it out. Yeah. That's, that's alcohol abuse when you spill your drink. Bryce, how about you? I'm actually, let's just skip Bryce and I'll talk about what I'm drinking. No, just kidding. Bryce. <laughs> hey, I was trying to be a good, uh, friend to josh thinking that he was still going to be working on his project from the weekend uh so i brought two truly hard seltzers down thinking he'd be drinking white claw that his sister left behind and he made me look like uh, well you guys no 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 don't don't worry bryce don't worry bryce he actually drinks so much white claw he finished everything (laughs) even though he only had one during the ranathon so a, a noble effort to be a true friend and uh, Josh just drank too many White Claws. So what flavor of tr- Truly are you drinking? Truly, I currently have early. a raspberry lime, which is delicious. And I have a black cherry on deck, which I've not tried yet. I bet that would be great <laughs> with vodka. You sound like you like them a lot. I do enjoy them a lot. I, I, I joke that this is all I ever want to drink, but it really is all I ever want to drink now. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, I am, uh, I'm drinking another beer from Eagle Park Brewing uh, here in Muskego, Wisconsin called Fishing for Fishies. Uh, it is a Pilsner, and it's, it's very drinkable. Uh, sadly, it's the last one in my house. I wanted to have four of them after Little League Baseball tonight, but I am, I'm only having the last one left, and I'll have to go buy more. Fishing for Fishies Pilsner from Eagle Park Brewing Company locally here uh, in the Milwaukee area. It's a great name. It's it's cool. It's got you know this makes great radio, but it's got a little bobber. Yeah, know, fishing about fishing for fishies. It's a good bobber. It's a, gr- it's a great grill beer. You know, fire up the grill and sit outside and crush a six pack. Mm-hmm. All right. When we're not drinking, uh, we sometimes play games. Um, let's talk a little bit about what we've been playing. Uh, this first one, I'm going to guess. Let's see if I can guess who played what. Um, Troy, this seems like a Troy game. So Blitz Bowl is yes, yes what I nailed played. it. So <laughs> the uh, this was Tabletop Simulator. I think Ben and I got together on on one of the nights, and uh, I talked about it before. It's a really nice uh, implementation of the board game uh, that they have up on Tabletop Simulator, and it uh, and you know Ben and I cranked out a game. Uh, I think that I win. I think I did win in a sudden death, which if you get ahead by ten points, game automatic isn't uh, uh, instantly over. Um, and we played, I think, Orcs Humans, kind of the classic. I think that's what's in the actual starter box. Um, that's a fun little, fun little game. I have, a, again, tons of hobby project for real life is to get the real Blitzbolt uh, game uh, miniatures up and painted and rock and roll. We actually can play them in, in the real life. But um, I'm really, I'm liking that game. It's a really good game. I think it's going to keep staying the table and, uh, in little, little spots like that because it's, it's not too long. I mean, if you know what you're doing, it really is an hour-ish, 90-minute game at the most. So. 
Excellent. And then I would I would imagine that this is also Troy Weiss. Uh, next up, I, I'm going to guess the next three or four are, are yours. Uh, that could be true. So I did on. Was it the once when the, the weekend after they had put out the uh, the Warhammer 40K core rules online for free, which is kind of cool that they've um, they've got that. Um, kind of in, in line with AOS now that you can get the core set of 40K for free, just download it as a PDF. Um, John and I got together and we pretended to play kind of 40K 9th edition, a little bit of a preview game of 9th edition with uh, the new core rules. I mean, there's still, you know, you didn't have the, we played Necron's Orcs. And again, you didn't have all the FAQs for all the different things. So we played, we tried to play very kind of vanilla type units. We didn't go for anything that had a whole bunch of really special rules or anything because lots of that stuff's probably going to get tweaked a little bit or to understand how it works. So, um, so we did, we were, I think we 1500 points game. I'm trying to think of what we did or if we did power level, um, might've been like a, a 65, 60, 65 power level game. Um, and it was fun. I kind of threw down and cool. I hadn't played 40 K in a while. And I think I ended up winning, uh, my, uh, my Necrons did a pretty decent job. Had some, we did, tried to mix in some stuff. We had some flyers, had some, you know, we tried to kind of different unit types. There weren't, neither of them were very optimized armies. It was more about just trying to get a, a feel for some of the rule set, um, which is, which is good. So uh, more 40K to come now that the real rules are here and everything else and FAQs have dropped. Mm-hmm. We'll probably, um, you know, do select, trying to be safe, you know, do a couple of select in person, one, one on one kind of, kind of games with uh, your close circle. So. <laughs> That's I, tell you, I tell you what I'd be up for is some garden hammer or mm. sunroom hammer. If we could set up yep. like upstairs or outside, I'd I'd probably mask up yep. and play a game yep. in that setting. And that can be doable. Yep. Garage, true garage hammer, right? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Good to get the, the new edition out. Um, and then some online board game play. Yeah, and we've been cranking around again. It's kind of the the brother's wife and uh, getting uh, throwing games down. Our, our latest one that we've been doing is uh, Rallyman, Rallyman GT, and this is a, a racing game, uh, kind of in the the spirit of Formula Day. So it's like you have a board with a track, squares. Um, in Formula Day, right, you're rolling to different die sizes for your gears. Uh, in Rallyman, what's interesting is you have a set of dice that correspond to your gears. So you have like dice one, two, three, and four. Um, and then you have some coast dice. You have three coast dice and then two breaking dice. And so on each one of your turns, you use that set of dice with, again, there's different rules. You can only upshift by one. If you're downshifting by more than one, you need to use the black, uh, the red dice. And, and then each of those dice has one or two hazards on them. Um, and so basically what you can either you lay them out actually on the track to say, hey, I'm going to be in first gear in this space. And, and you plot out your turn. And then you can either all at once pick them up and roll them. And if you get three or more, it, some of it depends on the car. And there's some different uh, car and weather and track that can change that. But in general, if you get three hazards, you'll spin out and then you work through those rules. Or you can roll them. If you want to be safer, you can roll them one at a time and you can stop. Like I may roll and get halfway through and then I get two hazards and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to take a chance. I'll just stop my turn there and keep going. Um, so it would, could we make a hybrid of Gaslands and Rallyman? Uh, a a little bit, yeah. It's it, it's kind. Of, I I like. I mean, I really as we we played three games now or something like that, and um, 
Like it's simple, like the rules are pretty simple. And there's a lot of variability you can get with the cars because cars can kind of have different effects on it. The tracks make a big difference. Like some of them, you can have like a three lane track, a two lane track, especially when we were playing with four players, really made a lot of interesting choices um, because like the turn order changes each turn based on the car that's in the furthest ahead and in the fastest gear gets to go first. So you can, it's interesting because it's fairly simple in that the rules, but then when you kind of stack them all together, it's interesting decisions that need to be made and some strategy. And you have this kind of luck of the dice kind of mixed in there. So even your best laid plans um, are, may get, you know, may get thrown out the window if you, you know, accidentally roll three, <laughs> three, three dice when you don't think the dice are going to, or, you know, when the dice are, should be in your favor and they're not right. Cause they're dice. Uh, can still happen. So, uh, so interesting. Now, yeah, that, interesting game. Is that so, one you you own uh, analog, or do you no, only have that? Yeah, I I um, own. So it's a little well, maybe foreshadowing. And uh, around there is a Kickstarter for a uh, Rallyman GT Dirt that <laughs> that I was looking at. So that got oh, me okay. curious about the actual Rallyman. And I had seen the game, and it has it's one of the more popular games on Board Game Arena too. And so, and it's gotten some high marks. Uh, so it just got us interested and we, we tried it out. And so, yeah, so we we're, we're kind of hooked. So yeah, at some point I may own the analog one, <laughs> uh, just because it, it does seem like it, it is fun. So. All right. What else, what else are you playing, Troy? Cause we need content. More con- and, and then the more, the, games. the last, uh, well, not last, cause we have been playing a lot of the staples like seven wonders. And, uh, I don't know what this other kind of filler games that we'll, we'll play on Board Game Arena. Um, but the other one that we had tried out, again, I don't own the analog version of it, is Potion Explosion, a game I had heard a lot about. Um, is that like a two years old, year and a half, two years? I'm trying to think if it's more. I, within the last year or two as that game came out. Um, but Potion Explosion is kind of a, a pattern matching. Um, you know, basically you have different potions, different recipes for potions. The whole kind of, I'll call it the gimmick, right, is you have this rack that has the marbles. They're basically marbles, I believe, in the analog game. They're in kind of a five-by-five five rack, and you can only pull marbles out of there in the same color. And then when you pull them out, and if pull one out from like the middle, like a yellow, and maybe there's a, a blue on either side of it, when those two come together, then you can take, as long as you have two or more, I think, in the, in, together in the same color, you can basically string together combinations to pull multiple um, colors of marbles. And you use those marbles to basically just fill out a set, you know, set collection of these recipes and then each of those set collections give you points. So like there's nothing kind of unique in kind of the the mechanics of the game there, except you kind of have this cool like potion rack that you use to pull the marbles out. So you have a real tactical thing and they do a nice job, nice implementation of it online. Um, and it was nice too, because it walks you through a lot of the rules and things like that too. So you don't have to, it's a good way to learn. What we found is like board game arena, especially a little difference between that and tabletopia and you know tabletop simulator whereas tabletopia and tabletop simulator are more just like hey here's 3d versions of the game pieces just kind of on a a virtual board and you have to kind of manipulate them and do all this stuff almost all the games on board game arena are really more scripted ai driven you know they they help you walk you through like hey you can't make that move you know it knows the rules for you um so it's really kind of a little bit more enjoyable to play that stuff on board game arena and it goes a little faster because you're not having to to learn that stuff so cool potion explosion i know i've yeah. seen that one I've, I've never played that one um yeah again it's uh it, i don't i mean it 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 was fun whatever it did feel like it it might have overstayed its welcome for what it is a little bit like it, it felt like the length of the game 
was a little more and even again it, we were, it was we were learning it and whatever but I don't know. It, it didn't. We didn't feel like we played that slow, but it just felt like you know, it's it's one of those games where maybe 15 minutes longer than it feels <laughs> like because there's not a whole lot there, right? There's not a whole lot to the. It didn't feel like to the game. That said, maybe it, there is more in multiple plays. So I don't want to overly judge it, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. I, I gave it a six, maybe out of ten, right? Kind of. It's it. It seemed it was fun. If somebody pulled it out, I would play it. I don't know if I'd go out and grab it at the moment, but so you wouldn't slay it. You would no. play it. Yep, I wouldn't buy it, but I would play it. Is that a good? <laughs> that'll that'll pass. That'll play, as they yeah. say in golf. This this last one, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess Troy that uh, since it's played on Tabletopia, this is also a Troy Weiss uh, played special. Yes, so and that makes me a perfect four for four. <laughs> well, one of us is playing games. Where's the where's the rest of it? Our... We're we're playing games. Oh, although we're gonna Just get we're gonna time. get to the hobby part, and that's where mine. I'm gonna have a bunch of silence, and then <laughs> Bryce will be talking up everything. And um, but the, so this last one, what we played on Tabletopia, um, is I'm trying to think who the company is. I'm looking over on my shoulder. Um, but uh, the company that uh, does is this the one that Steamforge? Steamforge, thank Steamforge, you. Yeah. I was trying to read it on my. On the Resident Two board game, Resident Evil Two board game, I have on my shelf. Um, but Resident Evil Three board game, they're actually, I think, doing a Kickstarter for. They have a demo version of that up on Tabletopia. So one evening, uh, we jumped on just to kind of try that out because uh, I have the Resident Evil Two board game and Resident Evil Three. Like it's more of an expansion, I would say. I think they tweaked a couple of the rules, but um, they didn't. It didn't feel like they did a whole lot of difference with it. Um, it's it's a fun, interesting mechanic. What what's interesting is unlike I guess we call Zombicide and some of those other things, the the zombies basically never have a turn in the Resident Evil in that in, in that kind of mechanic. Basically, what it is is they always react to the uh, the player turn the players whose turn it is. So it's kind of like so you can think of it either they kind of always get a turn with every player, but really what it is mm-hmm. is they they basically are just always reacting to the moves that and actions that the the players are taking. So there's never like a, a, a section that's just like, hey, here's the zombie turn where they move. Instead, they're kind of, which feels inter- good because they, they kind of are integrated then with with everybody's turn and it feels a little more natural. It does, I don't know how to say, I, I think they did a good job balancing it because you, you can get a little bit of weirdness because they'll only react to the players whose turn who's active. And so if other players are kind of in the area, it sometimes may feel like they should be in the action, but they're not. But again, for game balance, you, you can't you can't really get attacked if it's not your turn. Is kind of how it kind of how it works. Sure, um, but it's good. And it, it again, it they've done a good job of the missions are very unlike. I mean, you can do it where it's very combat kind of centric, but um, they tend to make the missions and everything, and the fact that you you have kind of ammunition is a a limited resource and health is a very limited resource makes it a much you know feels like Resident Evil where you are kind of in this survival kind of horror thing more than just like hey i'm gonna slaughter zombies kind of like what you know that obviously that's a big difference between like a zombicide or or something else like sure. that so um so it, it again i i we played that because i just wanted to see if they had you know what did they do anything really different um again didn't feel like it's kind of more of like hey it's the resident three characters and it's a little better because i think that you know they learned some stuff when they did the resident two version so um it's probably more of an iteration and more of an expansion but uh not anything, not not significantly different from what we could tell from the Resident Evil Two box. So, 
So it, it sound you described a game to me that sounds like it lives somewhere between zombie side and dead of winter and like resource yep. management. Yeah. Limiting zombies react to players, but yep, I some would, AI kind of built in. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I would put, yeah, in the middle, right? Yeah. If you put it, cause those are kind of big on the <laughs> ends of the spectrum. Right. And I would put it, yeah, more in the middle there. Um, cause it, it definitely doesn't have the same kind of resource. Uh, it shouldn't say mm-hmm. I get, it depends on the mission. Cause when I played it, we've only played a couple, but some missions can be very, very like, you know, uh, intense around you know you're scrambling and trying to search and find just for a bullet just <laughs> it's like hey i have three shots with the gun you know do i use them or do i take the chance on using the bat that i have because it's just one zombie i probably could take him with the bat i don't want to waste my my bullets in case there's something you know in case there's a, a rabid dog or something around the corner that i don't you know that i want to shoot at <laughs> range or something so i mean like there can be scenarios that are really do feel very intense around you know, you're trying to reserve, conserve everything you can and not take a lot of chances and your buddy's bleeding out and you're just trying to find a green plant to, <laughs> to, to heal them up because they're down to one wound and things like that. So it can be, it can be pretty, plant. you know, <laughs> right. And they do. Ha- and there's a lot of nods to stuff that you kind of see in the in the video games, too, which is well, it's good, really cool. Yeah. What I what I will say, Resident Evil was part of the PlayStation 5 reveal. I think whatever they're up to, yep. eight or nine, the village, I think they're calling it. It looked, uh, it looked pretty awesome. That there's still a franchise. Talk about a, you know, a defining franchise of recent twenty years. Yeah, and it's kind of sure. like it's one of those. It's uh, one of those games where I never really played the video game, but it, I guess it's some like how some people are engaged with, you know, Warhammer and things like that. I was just always intrigued by the lore. and the movies and the fiction and the, you know, there's books and there's animated movies, and so. That actually got me more like I'm, I consider myself a pretty big Resident Evil fan, but I never played the video games. Like, I think the only thing I did was back before there was streaming, I would sit and watch John play in real life. You know, it was mm-hmm. like real life streaming, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and watch him play because he was good at it and still get the shit scared out of me when whenever there was the, you know, zombies jumping through windows and all that fun stuff. So Awesome. This uh, this next one, I'm gonna see if I can run the gambit. Oh. Josh, this has uh, to be you. So I think between the last time we recorded and now, uh, they re- they released uh, Magic: The Gathering Arena for Mac, and I've been waiting for that forever. Now, is it only Mac OS or is it on iOS? Like, could I play it on my on my tablet? Uh, that's a great question. I think it's just mac os but i'm not 100 okay. percent. i'll 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 check after uh after the show because if i cannot play that during the workday on my ipad um that would be that'd be terrible yeah right um i i'm playing the crap out of it uh it's it's i'm getting back into it where are you rated how high have you climbed oh i i, I honestly haven't been uh grinding yet I've just been trying to build up decks right now. So that, that sounds like an excuse. Yeah, probably is. You um, should get another white claw and start grinding. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've uh, I don't have a whole lot of good cards yet. They just released uh, the core twenty twenty uh, twenty twenty one, and it's got a lot of good stuff in it. So I'm trying to pull some of the old sets and 
and new sets together and get some decent decks. So, and then I'll I'll work on the grind. But yeah, it's going. It's it's fun. I like it. Very cool. Well, I um I played a single game of um King Domino with the family. Uh, other than that, have not played anything board game related or miniature game related, but been playing a, a fair bit of role playing games still. A couple couple D and D games a week, and um, we resurrected our mage campaign. I can't recall if I talked about that in our last episode or not, but we've taken a break because we often played in in person. But we've uh, started kind of playing um, again via Discord um, and. Bryce has joined our campaign. He had played once before with another character, but he has a new character that uh, is uh, is probably going to end up dead soon because he has a uh, connection to a, a terrible, <laughs> a terrible avatar. That the last time I joined the game, it took Ty's character thirty five minutes to hate me and decide he wanted to kill me, and this time it went all the way till the end of the first episode I played. Oh, so wow! It's it's slowly improving. Good for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then doing some playtesting of another project. Uh, and sadly, I can't talk much about it, but maybe someday we can, which would be cool. Um, and then on the uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, front, because everyone loves when we talk about our D&D characters and campaigns, um, we wrapped up Descent uh, into Avernus. We'd kind of talked about that, but then we finished up the um, kind of prologue and did the final battle uh, and then started rolling new characters. And I honestly can't remember last time we recorded if we talked about defeating the, the, the Lich and kind of that finale episode. Um, but it was a pretty cool battle scene against a, a creature from the negative energy plane. And then uh, a, as you figured out how to solve him, a Serac showed up and started casting um, Power Word Kill, and uh, Bryce's character Lampo started casting Counterspell and rolled out of his mind yes. yep. Um, yep. three or four <laughs> times in a roll to to stop the evil Lich from completing a single Power Word Kill. Wow! And I think even a disintegration. Yeah. He um, got one disintegration off on me. And other than and that, I, I dispelled everything out or counterspelled everything else. Nice. I did. I did send Brendan's uh, barbarian Loctar <laughs> uh, into a labyrinth with a maze spell, and he was never going to get out of that. So I, at turn two, I had a mysterious warrior, a dark-skinned warrior with dreadlocks, shirtless, approach him in the maze and encourage him to uh, attack the wall. Um, and a couple people recognize the throwback to Akachi, Josh's character from yes. uh, Tomb of Annihilation um, as the, the ancestor spirit that helped get Loctar out of a Serax made maze. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then I had him level to 18 and left kind of a cliffhanger that now they've collected the hand and the eye of Vecna, but a fallen paladin has brought the sword of Kaz to the Archduke Samson, a former character who is now the Archduke of Avernus in Hell, uh, who has collected a, a company of mortal uh, souls to lead into the, the material plane. So I kind of set it up for like an epic level confrontation 
uh, for some time in the future, which is pretty fun. And as one door closes, another opens. So Bryce, you want to talk about what's what's next? Yeah. So we Ty was gracious enough to to give me a shot and actually take some time for himself to to play a little bit. So I uh, Wednesday will be kicking off a wild moat campaign uh, in in Matthew Mercer's wonderful world, and uh, we'll be we'll be doing some coastal adventuring, and then I kind of have plans to to turn that into um, a campaign that I have spent a lot of time working on. So we'll kind of be jumping back and forth between Wild Mountain and the world that I've created and test my skills to see if I can uh, live up to, to Ty's standards and put on a great game like he's done for us for the last three years. Has it been three years now? That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's over three years because we the first Brew City was the first time we played. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Um, and then the, the sundering you guys, that's the, the homebrew one that Josh plays in with Bryce and, and Tom and Paul, uh, you guys have been kind of collecting these gifts from the ancients, traveling around the world, gathering, uh, forces in some cases and, and power to the final conflict against the demon Lord that is leading an army, uh, through, through the broken gate. Um, so that one's been fun starting to explore some more of the world and um it, it's starting to feel you know epic in, in nature as you guys kind of interact with these godlike powerful beings and um figure out how to save truly how to save the world that one's cool too because it's like it feels like we're getting close to that huge conflict but it also might not even be the main conflict of the story that you're telling because you know we're level 11 and maybe maybe your plan is for us to be level twelve and at an end, but it could you know in our minds this this confrontation with this terrible guy that made me sacrifice a character <laughs> might, <laughs> might not even be the end. There might be something even worse after that, or some. There's so much more for us to explore. Like it, the world you've created is so big that it's kind of crazy to think about the time you've put in and and where else we could go after this. confrontation yeah uh, oh go ahead josh no i totally agree and i i feel like you've been uh interspersing like little sessions that are kind of geared towards one character or another a little bit you know like hey this uh this god boss uh is kind of geared more towards you know, Bryce's character or my character or Paul's character. And um, it, it's kind of fun to see those interactions kind of unfold. So I, I, I really appreciate that. I think it's fun. I will yeah, say, I'm, too, I'm really excited for Paul's. Uh, and we're, we're about to get to Paul's little session where he gets to meet his ancient. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I can't wait to see what he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's getting to the point where I'm trying to establish like very dangerous interactions and like the the fact that you guys are are outside of your element and like swimming in waters that are a little bit deeper than than you even know. So it's been a lot of fun. So Ty, did so you ever can I take you on a indie. tangent? On a yeah, indie, indie role playing tangent. tangent. So mm-hmm. did you ever 
or you're familiar with Primetime Adventures? I'm not familiar so with that, Primetime Bryce Adventures. Was, so that's, see, what Bryce was describing, it makes me think about Primetime Adventures. So that's an indie role-playing game. Um, I should know who wrote it, but I don't. Um, so the idea was you basically pitched like a t- television show a different plot and so and then but you're role playing basically you you, you kind of set the structure up as like a season in a tv show and then but the idea was you did have mm. like those spotlight the idea was you would have like a spotlight episode yeah you know you'd have a pilot episode that would introduce everybody then you'd have your plot that the dm would work through and you'd have different spotlight episodes for each character through the season and then you kind of would have usually have like a season wrap-up that would kind of you know finish up whatever that story was and again very open-ended so you could you know it could have been a a fantasy adventure it could be a modern day you know uh, comedy kind of thing you know they they kind of left a you know very open framework but they kind of had this framework where you were thinking about it in terms of like a network television show that you were scripting it so so that's what made me think when bryce said that about the spotlight made me think about primetime adventure so well, that, that's cool, and I'll have to look into that because how I'm how I'm kind of approaching this one, which is a little different, is is very episodic in in nature. Because um, it's such to Bryce's point, it is, it is a very big world, so there's a lot of different threads and like little seeds I've placed that some they've just ignored and like never went there. Others they you know they're like picking and choosing. So as as I get to learn like where they kind of want to focus their energy and time, I kind of build an episode to self-contain it in in a night if not two and i for the most part they've been you know we get through that you know series of getting through and for finding lore finding connections establishing a, a course of action um in in a session so that each session has kind of felt like a self-contained episode in a very large overarch like overarching uh arc with each character having their own arc and their own kind of motivations and, and things happening. So it's been fun to kind of add a little more narrative storytelling to, you know, fifth edition D and D, which I, you know, it's a, it's a very vanilla system, but it, it offers itself well to kind of any way you want to play. You know, you talk about Warhammer and three ways to play like D and D fifth ed, you know, there's, there's multiple ways to play it. There's not a right or a wrong way. It's a very flexible uh, rule set and, and game system. I could talk about D and D and other <laughs> systems uh, ad nauseum, and I I won't do that here. Um, <laughs> but what what I will talk about is the hobby accountability challenge. Um, I'm going to kick off with my goal from last time because I've I've been struggling. Uh, hobby has not happened for me for a very long time. And I started to rack up, and I think it was a $40, um, tab. I, I donated that $40 to Colin Kaepernick's, uh, know your rights camp. Um, his, uh, kind of organization for social justice, um, and, and, you know, the fight against racial equality. And I reset my balance and I did that because my goal last time was do anything, just paint something, <laughs> build something, get out of this rut. I nailed it. Indominus arrived Saturday. I opened the box uh, and I built five intercessors. And then I went ahead and built an aggressor yesterday. So just in time, I built six models from the new Indominus set that arrived from, from Mini Stomp with my Warlords edition of the General's Handbook for AOS, 
the Lumineth Realm Lords box and like four Bru- Blood Angel Primaris upgrade sprues, two Swedish fish and a Sour Patch Kid. So it was a good, it was a good <laughs> box from from Landmine uh, that arrived and kind of reignited me. So I I smashed my goal, completed it. My tab resets to zero. And uh, Troy, Good how job. about you? We're, we're proud of you, Ty. Nice job. We did. <laughs> you shook off the. You came out of the slump. He was. He was oh for whatever. Just in time for baseball season too. You can't. You're, you're out of your slump. You're ready to rock and roll. Swing the bat, or the brush, <laughs> or the COVID. <laughs> and so I, um, I had a very lofty goal, which was I think to like finish my night and paint some Blackstone Fortress characters and get some Blackstone Fortress train with something on it. And I didn't, I did do something. I did do something. I just did not get my, my goal actually um, near my goal. So I have, I have one tile over there that I did some testing, some test painting for uh, Blackstone Fortress on. Um, and then, I'll, then I, I'm, maybe I should blame Bryce because then Bryce is like, "Oh, I have a really cool idea, but we just need to get together and I'll show you." And we haven't done that yet, so I'm using that as an excuse for why I didn't do Whoa. anything. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just using you totally. Shots fired. I, I totally. I'm not. No, see, I the what, guy who I can't do like that. Six nights a week, he blames. I know. No, as I sit here alone, I'm not blaming. <laughs> I'm not. I'm using you as an excuse. Totally, I am totally happy that you're going to help me, but. Um, but for now, for this moment, I'm going to use you as an excuse. That's the the plan. But I did have five. There are five Blackstone Fortress characters put together and sitting over there. So I did make some progress there. And I do have the Indominus box open and sitting over there. And so now I've kind of shifted my focus to uh, to new and, and better things. But I did rack up another 20 on my my tab, which are... Um, I think I have to look because I did I did do a partial donation, I believe, to the, the Black Lives Matter dot org um, to start. So I need to keep track of see what I have on my bill and what do I need to 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 add back on there. So, <laughs> Josh, how about you? Did you print more terrain one table's worth and finally finish Bryce's molds? Uh, I did print a table's worth of terrain. Um, I did not finish the molds, however. I know. Sad. So, so, un- so I failed. Yeah. Un- unlike some things where, you know, getting partway there counts in our hobby accountability challenge, I failed. I also donated to Black Lives Matter. Um, I don't remember how much. So I'll, was it a I'll million? Do that account. Was, it a million? was it $1 million and $40? It, it unfortunately was not $1 <laughs> million and $40. Yeah, I think you still have at least a million on your tab then, probably. But yeah, I, I might be just under a million, depending. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to do some, some quick math and we'll get back to you. Tabulate the, the results. Yeah. All right. Right, right. Now, uh, Bryce, you did not have a goal um, because, you know, uh, reasons. Told me I couldn't set one. Yep. Um, but you have been doing some hobby. You want to talk a little bit about what, you, what you've been doing? Yeah. Well, first, I decided that I, I am going to take on the role of accountability master. So I will now be forcefully pushing you guys to achieve your goals. Because, Troy, have you finished one? <laughs> That's a good question. 
I think the answer is I, no. I don't think it's no. I'm trying I was trying to say, well, maybe one of the early ones, but no, I don't yeah. I think I yeah, failed those so, like this is the closest I might have gotten. So <laughs> Yeah, so you'll see a whole different side of me. Uh it'll start nice, but then as you continue to to slack, you will start to see the angry side. Um so I've I've actually done a lot. I've had been having a lot of fun. Um I think last time we recorded I had just built all the Lumineth. Um, I got those all primed and got some base coats of the armor put on them. And then I took one model all the way, well, almost all the way to where I want it to be. And as I was doing it, I was like, man, this is kind of silly. It took me like 15 hours to get this one model finished. But uh, I've I've said I want it to be a, the passion project. So I'm going to continue to try to put that much time into it. I'm really pleased with how it came out. So I think I think it'll be worth it in the end. It's just... As I look at 40 spearmen on my table and I only have one completely finished, it feels kind of sad, but that's okay. Uh, I also took a break from trying to paint my best and I got the Crisis Protocol models all out. And during the Hobby Marathon or the Rant Cast uh, charity stream, I just decided that I was going to try to paint them and I wasn't going to take it super serious. Just wanted to get the colors on them and and have them look nice to play a game hopefully in a year or two when we can get together and play um so i almost got all of the starter set as well as two additional boxes of extra heroes painted there's just a little bit left to do on those and then i finally got the buildings that josh printed for us primed and base coated and they're ready to be airbrushed um to add some weathering to them and then those will be done uh, and I've just been also working on a secret project. I decided, although Holy Wars is likely not going to happen this year, I want to do something pretty insane for it next year. Well, two, whatever, not this time, but the next one. Uh, so I'm working on something that puts the other conversion projects I've done to shame, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's got me All curious. Right. Like, you mean? I'm disappointed. I don't know because uh, I've well, never. Well, yeah. See, when when you you told me that you were going to lock all your AOS models in the closet and never let them out again, <laughs> I was heartbroken. <laughs> so I have to do my secret AOS projects by myself now. I, I have <laughs> my I have my mock crusher on my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. See, it's like a parrot. <laughs> my greatest conversion ever. <laughs> all right so that's some good hobby bryce um do you want to set a goal or you just want to be accountability master do you have a goal for next time yeah i think be? it's important that as accountability master i also have goals that i'm crushing on my own um so i'll set a goal i'll i'll finish crisis protocol i'll finish the three terrain buildings and i will have at least four spearmen done which doesn't sound like a lot, nice. but it is is a lot. Well, at, at fifteen hours a pop, that's uh, over a week of work if you're <laughs> yeah. doing you know forty plus hours on three models. They um, are started now, so the armor's all blended. So that's really the tedious part. So it won't be that long on the unit of ten I have, but still too much time. All right. How about a new goal for uh, for Troy? It's it's Necrons. I'm just not sure what um, 
I have to like draw a line in the sand here. Um, because I need, I probably can. I'm gonna build something, and then I'm, I kind of want to paint some guys. And I want to do some, try and try out some color schemes for the Necrons, how I want to do them. So maybe that's, um, I definitely, which cool guy should I, I probably will build one of the cool guys, probably destroyers. We'll, we'll figure that out. Um, build some destroyers and have at least one like test paint model done. Cool. I'll, I'll set my, my, my goals kind of low and then hopefully I'll smash them. We'll see. Josh, how about you? What's your uh, hobby goal? Um, watching Bryce uh, on, in Hobby Banter the other night paint those buildings or just kind of dry brushing buildings or whatever you're doing. I was like, oh, you know what? I should really just get some of that done. Like, So I, I have a bunch of stuff primed. I just need to like paint it and get it done so I can put it on the table. So I'm going to paint three larger items of terrain. That's my goal. And like have it like ready to go. Like tabletop standard painted terrain. Cool. Right, right. Well, yeah, I'm, my goal is to build the Indominus Marines. So the Space Marines out of the Indominus box. You know, the five more intercessors, the characters, the bikes. Um, just get those assembled. So, and I'm I'm doing the smart thing and i'm assembling them with like the arms off because i i really want to paint these i've never so I've, I've painted space marines in the past but long ago i haven't done any like recently since i i like to think i've kind of learned a little bit more about painting and have upped my skill so like i want to do them the right way and and make them look nice not just red and metal <laughs> and black to get on a table um so i'm, I'm pretty excited and then my my hobby coach, as always, has given me a, a recipe to accomplish a Blood Angel Red Armor. Thank you, Bryce. Um, with uh, scale seventy five paints, so to to kind of get the right the right look and feel, um, because I am uh, unable to judge what what color looks like because of my handicap. Try calling handicap. Sure. Yeah, you can call it a handicap. Troy, are you painting your Necrons the same as the Necrons you currently own, or are you doing something mm -hmm. new? No, I, I mean, that's what I'm, I'm was, I probably am going to pull out some of my old warriors, and I mean, I have stuff that's in like a mix. I never really got like I have some guys that are the dark green classic kind of whatever, but even then, I'm, I'm everything's on the table to, you know, kind of redo. Um, something i'm kind of liking the the really the the kind of dark rusted metal kind of thing you know the, there's kind of this um you know kind of bronzy, more bronzy metal that looks a lot yeah that looks pretty cool i yeah i there's a really cool there was a really cool um uh, somebody who did like a sandstone thing which i thought was really cool but it felt just kind of like a one trick i don't know it's like i don't know that i would want a whole army in kind of the it, it looked really cool because it you know he used like the texture paints to kind of create the cracked and looked like sandstone like they basically were all kind of coming out of stone and it, I, and then he had kind of glowing blue eyes and, and stuff like that highlights so I, I think it looked really good but I'm, I'm a hard time whether i'd really want an army that way forever like um so but i don't know so i it's either yeah do something really completely different or kind of just I, i'm probably gonna end up more of the kind of the 
the bronzy kind of worn metal kind of look. I think there's some really cool, um, cool ideas that people have done. So I'll try and might try and steal some ideas from that. Have you ever seen them painted like gunmetal, like super dark? I always see them really bright silver. I've never seen them like a dark, dark. almost black silver. I haven't, but that's that's an interesting, uh, an interesting. I think that would be really cool, and that's and those you know, are my, if I were to paint a Necron, that's what I would do. And those are my, actually that's the only the only Stormcast I've ever done. I don't know if you ever like I have some. Um, what's the uh, board game? Come, Ty, help me. Not Warcry. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Underworlds. Underworlds, yeah, Underworlds. My the only Stormcast I have my my Stormcast for Underworlds. I did. In a very kind of gunmetal silver kind of version that I really like, um, but that's interesting. I never thought about that. Like, would that be cool as a Necron? For what it's worth, gunmetal and purple would be would be what I would do. You'd have to help me. Pretty cool. So this is again, you'd have to help me with purple because purple is one of those colors. Like, yeah. I don't really like. I'm always like, what version of blue are you having me paint this? And is it? <laughs> but then also, well, it'll it would be like be My Little Pony. Yeah, Sarah would then think it's super cool, and right. you can get Sarah to play 40k with mm-hmm. you. Yep, and I'd have have she can be my color check. I'd be like, yeah, here, yeah. here, Bryce gave me this. This is the purple I'm supposed to use. Am I matching it? Am I doing okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Father daughter bonding time yep. and a cool army. All right, hobby. That was a good hobby session. I'm I'm excited. We're actually going to start talking about doing some hobby again. And we might um, get, we might have some more foreshadowing. We might have a little more hobby when we get Dr. Gabe on a little later. Yeah, yeah, certainly. He's a medical professional and a hobby professional. Um, well, I don't know if he's licensed in any states <laughs> to practice hobby, but he is licensed to practice medicine. Kickstarter. Uh, th- I was really excited earlier when I looked at show notes and saw nothing. Um, but then somebody added something else on on Kickstarter. So who wants to talk about a uh, what I'm assuming is more 3D printing uh, stuff? Yeah, so I, I backed uh, a Kickstarter called Battle Builder Tech, The Last Forts. It's, it's completed, but I think you can still go out to their website and uh, you know do a late pledge or whatever. Uh, it's by Zarly Factory, and they're out of Spain, Pamplona, Spain, as a matter of fact. Um, it's basically a bunch of modular terrain, and the the Last Forts project is actually kind of more orc-focused, so it's kind of more 40k terrain. But they also did a Kickstarter, I don't know, a year or two ago, that was kind of more um, space marine terrain, and you could, out, you could get in on um, that set as well. Um, so I, I did the kind of all in, uh, for, for both of those. And it's, it's very modular. You're, you're, you're printing little sections and you're, uh, kind of sliding them together and you can, you can obviously glue them as well. Um, and there's also, uh, spots for little magnets too. So if you didn't, if you don't want to slide them all together, you can also stack them with, with little magnets. So it seems like a pretty cool system. Um, I downloaded the the kind of intro set that's it's sort of free, um, and I'm gonna try to print that off on the next couple of days and slap some together and see how it goes. But um, 
yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how this goes. Uh, it looks really cool. Uh, I put the we'll have the link in the show notes, but um, yeah, it's 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 pretty neat looking. So very excited. Orky. There's a lot of uh, yeah, very orky, and there's a lot of stretch goals. So there's like cranes and billboards, and um, you know, some of it could actually be used for you know games like Gaslands or something like that. But um, yeah, there's there's a lot of cool um, artillery and and cranes and you know bombed out cars and all sorts of cool stuff so i'm I'm kind of excited to print some of it out troy i have a, I have a problem uh-oh i got an email the other day all right and uh my my game is delayed yet again oh boy this time, unrelated to COVID nineteen, it was uh, flooding, the where they were having the cards and rules and whatnot printed, um, the the city flooded, and they sent pictures. I felt terrible, obviously, because it's very sad, but I also at the same time was very angry. Um, they're saying it's only like a month delay, so maybe I'll get it in like twenty four or so at this point. But I blame you for this terrible feeling that I had there. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's what you're totally supposed terrible. to do, the problem is they should just never send you an email. And you should, because then you'll like just kind of forget about it. And then one day you'll have this, a box will show up in your doorstep and you'll be super surprised and like, oh, that thing that I thought I might never get has arrived. And I, I'm totally surprised and happy. And so that's, that's the joy moment that you're, you, you have to go through all this anticipation and pain to get to. So. Yeah, they mm-hmm. do a really good job of every month, though, sending out an update and like so you know exactly where it is and what's they've finished. And they, they, they're doing sun drop models, which are basically like Xenothold models. Um, and they, they sent all the pictures of those. So it's, it's, it's beautiful and it, it's coming out even better than what I had hoped for. But I, I'm worried that by the time that it gets here, my hands will be so arthritic that I can't paint anymore. <laughs> oh wow that's uh that's deep i got a uh update on Frosthaven. wave one of some of their early stuff is shipping but not not the game by any means but um you know that's that's all i've got on the kickstarter front um couple other things before uh before we get with the licensed medical professional and doctor to the AOS stars, Dr. Gabe, will be doing a, uh, a BOD library segment and also want to just touch on a few a few other things out there that are cool or have happened recently. Um, the first of which is WizKids released Warlock tiles. Uh, they are pre-painted plastic um, kind of 3D dungeon tiles, walls, furniture, gates, traps. Um, think like Dwarven Forge, but plastic and far less expensive i think the first box that can build you know a small size dungeon is like 89 dollars versus you know 400 for uh dwarven forge um pre-painted they they look all right you know better than playing on like a a gridded uh piece of paper uh laid on flat on a table um if if i ever really were to play in in person i would definitely pick some up kind of held off on on purchasing in the meantime um but almost threw some in the cart when I was on Noble Knight's website the other day. 
because uh, I think it's a uh, cool making making dungeons accessible for in in person D and D. Um, the uh, the the main thing we've kind of alluded to what we did this weekend and kind of hobby during or watched and and listened uh, is we participated in a um, so Andrew um, Mr Mephisto yes his uh, his rant cast usually hobby focused on AOS sometimes get delves into RPGs or other elements of you know be it mental health or other things well. He uh he organized and and put on a twenty seven that turned into twenty eight hour <laughs> um straight through Twitch stream uh with all proceeds uh going to uh, Mental Health America their hashtag I don't mind campaign uh to raise awareness around mental health and and mental health issues in in America um had a, a number of guests from different podcasts community members you know people from his his he calls them chat gang the folks that watch the show and hang out uh we were we were asked to be a part of that and did a segment from eight o'clock to ten o'clock central time um which is he's released all of the two-hour segments on youtube so um we will try to link to that but it was it was really cool um just to be on the twitch with with you guys with andrew uh we had some fun we we did some of our usual banter and we also, one of the stretch goals, the early stretch goals, he said originally, uh, these marks to get up to like $1,500 uh, had been smashed within like the first hour of the, <laughs> the rant-a-thon, uh, as you will, um, to do a dramatic reading of the worst uh, film ever, The Room uh, by Tommy Wiseau. And we did a couple scenes. Uh, so if you want to see the ultimate uh, cringe, you can go watch on YouTube as the Plain and Slaying guys uh, did a dramatic reading of The Room. And uh, what else I will say before I hand it off to you guys for any thoughts about that was the total raised over the weekend was $7,146. A tremendous amount of money. Uh, there were over 500 individual don donations uh, made over the 28-hour stretch. Um, some really cool prizes, really cool things happening, but awesome to see the community kind of come together over the the weekend when we needed a little a little pick me up, um, you know, to to be very upfront about what the issues were, you know, mental health and, and honest discussion about that. Um, in our segment, we you know we touched on how you talk to kids about mental health. Uh, Bryce asked a great question of us, you know, the the three of us, and then. Uh, Andrew, all all having children in the house, so that's that's what I'll say. I'll, I'll hand it off to you guys. I, I think it was just an awesome experience. But any other thoughts? Kind of wrapping up the the rantathon. Oh, it it was a blast. I mean, it was that was so much fun, and it was for such a great cause. And that the community was so awesome uh, to come out and and I don't. I think you're underselling it. I mean that that the our room reading. I mean that was classic. I think that. <laughs> people are going to ask for that recording like they're gonna they're gonna they're yeah gonna, they're gonna sell it out and and, and i jack. mean there, there there was talks on the air of an episode of us doing the entire show so i mean <laughs> uh you know episode 49 maybe we do the room start to finish i think it's only I mean, never have more than four people in a scene clearly i did the best lisa reading of the weekend uh don't at me jason jacob berry I mean, 
it, it was all is all this guy right here. So <laughs> Jacob Berry, you can go wear your game worn underwear somewhere else. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to us. But if he does, he'll at no, you. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, I'll just say I'll echo what Ty said. Like it was it was cool to feel like the sense of community that we've kind of been missing. Um, since this all started, you, you know, obviously we weren't together, but just to spend the day hanging out and chatting with people, it kind of felt, you know, as close as it can to, to getting to hang out and spend time with a bunch of people that we all really, really care about. And obviously the, the cause something that I'm passionate about and not having Bruce city this year to do the charity raffle that we've done in the past. Um, it was nice to be able to, to kind of push in my, in my own way to help raise money for that. And, and you guys helped you that too and just a, just a really cool experience overall agreed yeah during our our segment i think you know we we had all kind of purchased a, a gift card from uh mini stop uh so during our segment kind of the the raffle prize was 250 uh, mini stop gift card um and i i think it was about 1100 dollars uh during our segment, which was really cool to see, um, kind of donations rolling in, reading comments from, you know, people that are listened to us that had tuned into his Twitch, seeing, you know, I, I don't want to miss anyone, but you know, Josh, Josh from Arizona, uh, Dr. Gabe, Eric, you know, just a, a number of folks um that that we know and the Danner. Have, Ben Dan, Ben Weiss Danner. Danner. The yep. Danner. Yeah. <laughs> so um Apologies if if I didn't name anyone. Keeping up in chat and through the donations was just cool to to see listeners and, and people we know, uh, you know, coming coming forward for a great cause too. Yep. And again, again, thank Andrew again for inviting us on. I mean, that was uh, that was a blast, and uh, I'm gl- glad we could help. And uh, but he did he did all the heavy lifting, and I know I know Bryce, you're helping him out, and uh, and Brendan and all the other people who were kind of behind the scenes to do that too. But uh, to everybody that put a lot of effort into that uh, day plus uh, to, to raise all that money was, is awesome. All right. BOD library been doing some reading. Um, we've been talking about this for a while. Free the darkness. Um, Bryce, you're, you're back to do a library segment. Troy, have you, have you been reading the series or. I read the first one. First book. All right. Josh, have you started it yet or uh, listening on Audible or no? I have not. I need to. It's it's on my list of to-dos. Just hasn't happened. Right. Then we'll we'll push our big review uh, back another another episode. That'd be great during your painting of terrain to to dial that up and and listen during our hobby time. Um I've been doing some some reading. So uh those above, I talked a little bit about the Empty Throne starting that series. Daniel Polanski, um, it's really cool. I'm I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, kind of an an alternate take on fantasy because there's kind of these like weird. They kind of seem like alien to the world, but they're like overlords over people now, uh, and you're starting to get the sense of rebellion and and perhaps you know uh, you know an, an uprising. Um, so Polanski is. Um, uh, the Builders was the book that I loved of his, where he kind of took the anthropomorphic uh, animals and that like outlaw gang, leading one last mission with their their captain that reunites them. Um, 
and this this is a totally different style um this is you know uh, a fantasy novel but um kind of has senses of like roman senate politics and rebellion and like a street urchin that you understand is going to be somehow involved in a, a bigger story so really enjoying that one um making some more progress in the talent of horus um quickly becoming a fan of the black legion in a really terrifying way i've always been a loyalist and now i feel myself slipping to chaos as i read more of that book by aaron dembski bowden hey abaddon um, has a point he's got a <laughs> he sure does um and then in two days i got my copy of peace talks the new jim butcher harry dresden book um and finished it in in just about two days of of reading the, the hardcover and uh thoroughly enjoyed it already very excited for the the next book you're which you're, i think has a release date yeah well you're lucky right because what it, what the heck you waited how many like we waited like two years for peace talks something like that oh it's right? like four years four years yeah. right and so and you go two days like come on you could have like I'd stretched it, it out a little bit like yeah and now because now you're lucky because yeah. i believe he must have because i think battleground is actually going to come out in like six months i think they already have a release yeah. date so he must have like he had that one kind of already queued up when and that so you're lucky because it could have been two days and you could end up waiting another four years oh if the next one hadn't been queued up i wouldn't have read it i would have waited <laughs> i would have let it sit for a while and then got to it I'm still uh, behind. I just, I'm just, I just finished up Cold Days, so I think I'm still. There's one more before Peace Talks that, um, for me to, because I'm, I've been slowly marching, knowing that, because I, I knew I was getting close to the end, so I kind of had, had wanted to make sure I didn't get to where you were, and you know, be in the, the George R. R. Martin thing where I'm, waiting forever for whatever that next book is in the series, but, um, so I'm, I'm catching up. I'll probably catch up sometime, maybe by the time Battleground comes out. I don't know. Cool. <laughs> I'll be close. I'll be close because I normally I felt my my I hit usually a book every whatever three to four months. I feel like I hit a a Dresden book over the last few years. So in uh, in true uh, Thai fashion as well, I'm also um, listening to another book. So as I'm I'm reading through these, I think I'm reading currently three books and listening to one. Um, I'm given another go of Way of Kings, the Brandon Sanderson Stormlight Archives. <laughs> series they're very long yep. and i've i've never kind of gotten past the first hundred pages but now now i have as i listen it's a little easier so you know when i take a walk or sometimes if i have some downtime during the workday i've just been listening i've gotten about eight hours through the 48 hours of the first book um and I, i'm starting to get a little more interested uh, as i understand the world and i see things happening um but i i don't know maybe i'm just not a sanderson like fan like i i enjoyed how he took you know the wheel of time and kind of finished that for robert jordan but i i, I wonder how much of that was jordan's notes that he like you know took and wrote in that that kind of style um i haven't been able to get through any of the Mistborn stuff the only ones that i kind of read through quickly were the superhero ones but i i don't know I, any thoughts on that troy is is it a sanderson thing or is it just a uh, me and sanderson <laughs> i don't know that's a good question because i i mean i um i think i've read um elantris which was i think his first book which i found interesting but i you could feel that it was a first book you know it there was it just from a pacing and it and it, it, it just felt like it took a little longer i did the first two books of mistborn i found i just found the initial mistborn universe really intriguing it got me sucked in 
it's got the whole idea of the different metals and metal like that university kind of created um got me kind of sucked in but only enough to like i think the first like story arc kind of finishes up in like the first two books and i just and but at that point i also did not like feel i needed to go any further <laughs> i wasn't that intrigued with it um i think you read further in the superhero book i didn't i did like the superhero um um book i'm trying to think of the name of it um that uh but i because uh, i think it had an interesting twist on it although again it was it really original i don't know like we as we've talked about yeah. with the boys like, like i think that yeah. idea, that idea has kind of been out there a little bit um there is a the other thing i really enjoyed is he does have this kind of short story anthology about a, a, a legion character um and it's i think i've talked about it it's uh Basically, the the main character is like the super intelligent guy, but he's schizophrenic. So he has like all the, you know, he's basically has all this different knowledge across all a bunch of different things. But they're basically individual characters in his head um, that but he interacts with them as normal people because um, he's he's basically schizophrenic. So it's real interesting. Like He's almost like like a, a, a mercenary, you know, James Bond type, like, you know, he's first people come to him to solve kind of really incredible problems so like that short stories i think he's got a couple of short stories there and i think he's done like a novella or something and now that has been probably my favorite of the stuff he's done i've never i've always been intimidated by the way of kings because of the kind of the sheer size and whatever and i i'm and and the fact that i'm not sure again i haven't been like he's not my favorite author or whatever so it's always like i can't always like there's always something that is more on top of my list to kind of dive into but they, they, yeah, I think um, I own a couple of those, like on Kindle or something, to to read at some point, but just haven't dove in. I'm I'm giving it a shot because my brother speaks very highly of it. He he's kind of cleared through, however many I think there's three books out in that series now. Um, so giving it a shot, but that's kind of my reading. Uh, Troy, are you reading anything currently? Um, I am just... diving into the. I'm still working through Saturine. I'm kind of savoring that which is the the siege of the latest siege of terra uh dan abnett it's in my I, it's i'm not only like a quarter of the way through it's probably my favorite of the siege of terra books so far again i just think <laughs> I, it partly I, i'm just so I, I love abnett and the way he writes and uh the way what he does with the characters and and in, in this book it's like an all like every character you can think of he's got kind of packed in this book um and he does such a good job with each one of them um that's pretty good um, I have started, what was I, uh, I had just started Binti, which is just kind of novella, which is, uh, Nidhi Okafor. Um, it's an interesting, mm-hmm. interesting story of, uh, a young woman, uh, who, uh, they, I mean, who kind of comes from a, a tribe. It's kind of interesting because it's in the future. So it's in a, a tribe, but they are very technology advanced and they work on that. But she's the first one from her tribe to go to this university. That's all I kind of know so far. Um, so it's interesting. and. It, it it's interesting why it was recommended because it does talk about her um you know because she's different than a lot of the other people that she in, that are outside of her village that are in this university and how does she you know interact with some of those trials and tribulations and things like that so again it's it's pretty short i mean it's only i'm re, i'm listening to it it's only a couple hours long in terms of novella but um yeah interesting cool. read and it's kind of a weird mix of kind of uh old old times plus set but set in the real kind of future kind of universe so interesting very cool any um any reading or audible listening for for josh or bryce or should we get into to viewing 
did did I? And I can't remember the name of the book. Troy, what's or Ty? What's the book that I listened to when I picked up my dog? Oh, uh, Sam, Sam, Sam Slim. Slim. Yeah, Sam yeah. Slim. Did I say? Do we record since then? I can't remember. But if we didn't, I listened to that book on the way down to pick up Loki, and I was just loving every second of it. I had so much fun listening to that. So I would, I'd highly recommend uh, giving it a listen. It's, it's relatively, it's like ten hours, I think. So it's not a, a super long yeah. listen, but it was a lot of fun. Just, just like having. Having the guy's head in the closet, forcing him to watch infomercials. <laughs> just there's, funny. There's a dark humor to it that's really good, and and that's another one I've I've been reading the paperbacks, and I've got I read books one, two, and three. I've got four, five, and six kind of stacked up to like. Oh, there's that many. The shelf. There's ten, ten books in the series. Oh wow! Okay, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah, the story and the story gets more and more epic, and it it has tie-ins to like things that happen in. Um, like our mage game sometimes it, it feels like that you know modern kind of urban fantasy setting uh mm-hmm. that w- world of darkness kind of plays into with uh you know wizard society and undead and other other things so yeah and, those uh, are good ones yeah and troy you'll be happy to hear this i don't know if you listen to the cubic shenanigans up again episode that i was on um and this or that i gave dan 10 words or less to sell me on your your game <laughs> and uh he he went with book titles mm. so he actually sent me a book or i guess an audio drama because yeah. it's just like an hour long uh a heart of rage yep are you familiar yep i think so i think I that's that, a girl, i have I that queued up as my book, next so. listen yep um, so I, I promised Dan that I'd give it a shot and he actually sent it to me as a gift. So thank you, Dan. Um, and I'll, I'll give it a listen. I, I've read the 40 or the uh, 30K, like the first four books, yeah. I think. Um, and I've really, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's phenomenal writing, but um, never anything in the the 40K okay. genre. So we'll get Good you. Good deal. We'll get you. <laughs> <laughs> So Josh, what uh, what have you been uh, consuming for for content? I've been watching The Last Kingdom, and I think that was a Thai recommendation. Uh, I'm in season four, uh, like kind of the beginning of season four, and it's so good. I, I'm not a spoiler person, so I'm not going to even say a whole lot. But uh, yeah, I, I've loved every minute of it. It's it's so good. Who's your favorite character not named Uhtred of Bevenberg? Oh, um, and why is probably, it probably? Yeah, it, it, I was just gonna say it's probably Finn. <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, I also really like Skade a lot, uh, but yeah, she's yeah no longer there. But yeah. she she cray. Yeah. Yeah, Last Kingdom. That's fun, and uh, they just announced a few weeks ago renewed for season five. Um, which is rare because Netflix usually kills shows after season three. So when you get a four season, you're like, holy cow. And they renewed for yeah. season five and they announced on Zoom video calls. Alexander um, Draymond, the guy who plays Uhtred, had different castmates on Zoom calls and they like recorded the video with him telling them that they were renewed. It was pretty cool to see some of those guys in their like, <laughs> you know, living rooms uh, talking. So that's awesome. Yeah, and, it was uh, so good. I would highly, highly, highly recommend. 
Yeah, Netflix is crushing it. Um, talked about on the the Ranathon, uh, kind of cursed and the old guard. But I just want to reiterate, if you didn't catch us there, the old guard is a really fun action movie on Netflix with Charlize Theron, based on a comic book. And cursed is uh, alternate take on Arthurian legend with a female uh, lead, um, based on a Frank Miller comic. So both are really cool. Uh, one a movie, cursed is a show, um, but definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I just finished Old Guard last night. That was uh, I enjoyed it. It was good. It kind of it. I I really enjoyed it. I wasn't in the middle. I wasn't sure where they were going to go, and then the end really really grabbed me. So it's a, yeah. And uh, but yeah, Charlize Theron, like her character too, makes that. I think she makes that. Um, oh yeah. Like I I, and she does such a good job of coming off as somebody who's 2000 years old. I don't know how you can do it, but she makes, she, she makes it believable. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a cool concept yep. in, in immortality. I mean, just in general for how, how you age and what that does to your psyche and your memories and like living violent lives and, you know, not being able to die. It, yep. It's a, it's a cool concept that, um, well, it's it, fun to play. It was funny. It gave me a little bit of vibes of of Highlander, of the original Highlander, yeah. kind of like, do you want to live forever, kind of thing, and and which again, I think got me more excited about it too, um, as I got in. So yeah, like high I mean, marks. She also guard. she also carries that awesome axe around, yeah. and it's like <laughs> some of the scenes where she's going after dudes in a hallway with guns, and like she's got her axe. It's like this is yep. so badass how they shot it, but yeah. <laughs> All right. I think it is time for us to take a break. And when we return, we'll be in the doctor's office with Dr. Gabe. And we are back and we have a a tremendous guest for all of you. The one, the only, the real doctor of the basement of death, Dr. Gabe, our Warhammer medical advisor. We'll be uh, asking a series of questions about Warhammer medical advice that you should probably never get from your favorite hobby gaming podcast. <laughs> but uh, Gabe, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Well, that kind of introduction, I was wondering who was coming. I was like getting excited. Like, who, who, who's here? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Clearly, so, uh, me. Yeah, well, yeah. no, we, we did. You are yeah. our our doctor in residence here in the basement of death um and uh we we are happy to have you on the show and and to probably offend your your years of education with our (laughs) our questions for you um Uh, it is you guys are my favorite milwaukee miniature focus wargaming podcast that i that i listen to most of the time so Hey, I'll take it. That's a glowing review. Yeah, glowing review. That, I think we read a five-star iTunes review that said that exact same thing. So, no it. wonder it sounded familiar. Yep. <laughs> so, Gabe, one of the things we often do when we have a guest on the show is we we ask for the for their uh, gaming origin story, kind of the you know the comic book hero um, origin story. What? You know, what is your story? How did you get in hobby gaming, miniature gaming, RPGs, whatever it was, kind of illuminate us with your uh, your rich history? So um, this is sort of like the power of friends and connections. So you'll hear a name pop up a couple of times. But when I was in middle school, 
Um, I went to a brand new school and there was a cool kid drawing Robotech anime. Like, so obviously middle school. And we became <laughs> friends and he introduced me to this company called Games Workshop. Uh, I think it was just Fantasy Battle back then. And the original uh, Titanicus, Adeptus Titanicus, yep. the original board game. Um, and so we hit it off. We were like good friends back in middle school. Um, played some RPGs, a lot of GURPS throughout the night. Um, that's when we learn um, kineticists are, uh, were horribly overpowered uh, in the early days of GURPS when you're in seventh <laughs> grade. Um, so, um, and that kind of expanded. I think as I went into high school, I ended up moving back to South Georgia where I, I kind of grew up uh, originally. And um, it wasn't until college that I picked up on 40K in fantasy. So I guess it was just coming into second edition, the third edition, Warhammer. So I still have that first edition Space Brain Codex around here somewhere. Picked up the Bretonian Lizardman box set. So that was kind of my foray into um, into miniature gaming. Always role played. So <laughs> kind of a crazy story when I was getting ready to go to medical school. So I went to a non-traditional medical school. Um, in my defense, a few of the docs in town went to this non-traditional medical school. So the plan was to move back to this town in southeast Georgia. Um, and, and when I was getting ready to leave, uh, new Dungeons and Dragons was coming out, uh, and in Dragon Magazine, they said, we even have play testers in St. Martin in the Caribbean. And I was like, <laughs> sweet, that's where I'm going in like a month. <laughs> so, um, I actually emailed, uh, whoever wrote the article. So it's back in the day before social media. So you had to like email and. All of a sudden, I show up in this Caribbean island, and I have a D&D group, a guy who runs a scuba shop, and I'm living on the beach. I'm like, this is like the best medical school experience ever. <laughs> um, so our group was pretty wild. Um, they were uh, an expat couple from the States, one from New Jersey, one from Texas, a couple from Ireland, uh, a guy from South Africa, and me. And we were playtesting the new Dungeons and Dragons. No one had any idea what any of the rules were. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like, um, I'm going to do this crazy thing. And the guy would be like, okay, uh, 10 plus. And you're like, sure, sounds good to us. And so <laughs> I don't know how they got valuable feedback from this group. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Um, but it was pretty awesome. So that same friend, uh, Jason Jones, who introduced me to Warhammer way back in the day. So eventually I kind of went around the world for a while and ended up in St. Louis, where I've been for almost two decades now. So when you're in St. Louis, the big hobby uh, convention is, of course, going to be Adepticon. So local 40K crowd. So at this point, I've been playing fantasy pretty hardcore for a while. 40K, we had a local club here. Um, and Adepticon was the big tournament and my friend, you know, we hadn't seen each other since high school. Now we're adult, uh, adults, quotation marks. And <laughs> we meet up and he introduces me to this guy named Brian Nero. Um, and this was back in the day before Anvil eight games was on the board. And, um, we communicated through a thing called a blog, which, you know, aren't around hardly anymore. So Is I got that a, know gen a gentleman's ones. A gentleman's ones yep, blog. Yeah, yep. that's how we got to know each other in those first couple of years. Uh, I was also doing some playtesting. So um, when I moved to St. Louis and joined uh, kind of an RPG group, um, 
I kind of jokingly say I took Jay Little's seat at the RPG table. Um, and if you don't know, Jay Little is the is the fine gentleman who wrote Star Wars X-Wing. I worked for Fantasy Flight Games. Um, and it was just luck that I took his seat. I did not fill his role very well. But uh, another FFG employee moved from Indianapolis down to St. Louis. And so we were playtesting a lot of games, including uh, the Star Wars role-playing game. Uh, Talisman, I think, the board game. So we rolled, uh, we play tested a lot of those games. So anyway, Brian comes up to me one day at Adepticon and says he's thinking about starting his own company and his own game. So that's where I kind of got in with working with Brian, ended up meeting Will and the rest of the crew um, in the years following that as Amboy kind of got up and got going. And then one summer at Gen Con, uh, Brian invites me over to the Clada bar. <laughs> and so we're sitting there having a fine evening. Um, my son was with me this year. Um, and like these hooligans are like soccer hooligans, like proper Scottish hooligans show up. And, um, you know, we'd already had a couple of sodas that night. And these guys order like two flights of whiskey to catch up. And I was like, I think I'm going to like these guys. <laughs> and I think that was Josh and Ty. Uh, Troy was uh, very proper that night. And uh, I think that's when you made a goblin wizard for my son for Pathfinder. Yeah, Will, Will and I uh, guided him to design a goblin wizard, which was super, super fun because he was probably, what, 10 at the time, 11? I think he was 10 or 11. Yeah. yeah. So um, you guys did an awesome job. He's never touched Pathfinder or role-playing games <laughs> since that night. <laughs> Um, in fact, I think he would have burned those books if I hadn't like stolen them and put them back in my library. <laughs> um, so he's he's taken a dark, dark turn in his life. He's now a pretty elite youth hockey player. So to toot my son's horn just for a second, he got nominated for a uh, one of the top 20 goalies in his birth year in USA Hockey by a total random Instagram site, probably run by Russian hackers, but it still doesn't matter. <laughs> um, he's on a recruitment page somewhere. That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I know. Uh, one, of the, one of the cool things with that uh, kind of hockey is it, it got you into our area probably within the last year or so where we got to connect for some beer right. when you know, we live out of town. So. I remember the hockey team coming in and you were at our table <laughs> and uh, you're like, yeah, that's, that's the hockey team. <laughs> yeah. That's the crew. That was a pretty brutal weekend up there with those Wisco boys. So they didn't, my, my crew didn't fare well, but we had a good weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You guys uh, had a good time, but yeah, that, that fateful night where Brian uh, had us come over and, and we kind of made a connection was it's been fun since then. Several Adepticons and Gen Cons and a lot of beer and seltzer water and shenanigans. Uh, plenty of shenanigans. I, yeah, I like the kind of that story because it's like a friend of mine introduced me to something when we were just kids. We we're like sixth grade or whatever. And then he introduces me to someone else that he met. Like, hey, you should meet this guy. I think you guys will hit it off. And then that person introduced me to someone else. And it's just like the web grows just by being inclusive and introducing people to each other and people being yeah, cool with yeah. each other. So that's kind of one of the things that I really like about the hobby is you, I've met a lot of really cool people really across the world. Um, you know, I still, you know, keep in touch a little bit with the people down in St. Martin who, you know, we met because of like a passing sentence in a editorial in dungeon magazine. Like, how does that work? Yeah. <laughs> 
I miss Dungeon yeah. Magazine. I wish that was still yeah. around. The the modules they would print, the maps, like that was a quality uh, publication that it's still around. It's called the Pathfinder Adventure Path that comes out every month. So <laughs> I've been a faithful subscriber for way too long. Back here on my shelf is an obscene number of adventure path modules. So. <laughs> yeah, I uh I enjoyed two recent I think last year's Gen Con or maybe two years ago playing Starfinder with you and some mm-hmm. of your St. Louis gaming group uh hayden and and as i called her several times mrs hayden before she corrected me <laughs> yeah it's actually uh stephanie and mr stephanie, stephanie is and mr. How stephanie. yeah um but yeah so at that at that table uh is the gm it was a guy that we knew right so you know we, but he is actually from uh michigan and we had met him a few gen cons prior to that because we came together with our group and played some pathfinder games and we came in with pretty good energy, probably fueled from uh, Rock Bottom uh, or, you know, Scotty's Brew Pub. And mm-hmm. he told us later that he liked playing with our group so much. Uh, he was getting ready to quit Gen Con and quit uh, being a GM for Paizo. And it was sort of us that kept him around. And so we started connecting with him every year, making sure we were all at the same tables. And um, I've actually probably spent 100 hours playing Sea of Thieves with him the last couple of months during oh, pandemic awesome. land. So, yeah, so the, you know, the story of these weird connections goes on and on. So, so what, um, let's, let's segue a little bit to the, the hobby space because I, I know one of yeah. the cool things to see recently, uh, and, and you've been doing this for a while now, is your use of oil paints. So I know, Troy, I don't know if you had specific questions kind of lined up. Or just I Gabe, I just to wanted us. to give Gabe the mic you know give him a microphone he was uh, when he, he was on Discord the other day and he was like here I'm gonna pontificate about oil paints and why you should use them and so forth and I figured we'd give him a little not not much bigger audience but a slightly bigger <laughs> audience and, and a microphone <laughs> maybe, to, maybe to nine tell more us, people yeah nine more people to tell him, to yeah. talk about what uh, what he's been doing because it's been I mean we see the results of the stuff that you you post and it's it's awesome I'm. I'm scared. I'm like, I do. I really need to go. I don't. I barely do a good job with acrylics. I don't know that I need to get a whole nother, another mess. But I'm interesting to to hear what you're doing. Um, I do oil paints just because it's the hipster thing to do. I mean, that's really <laughs> the only reason why. <laughs> um, so that Jason Jones cat who introduced me to Brian all those years ago at that Adepticon back at Lombard. He um back at the old one. He introduced me to James Waffle. Um, so he was like, come take this class with me. I have an extra ticket. And if you don't know Jim Waffle, he is an outstanding artist. He and his wife are like the two best instructors that I've ever been around. Like uh, you walk out of their class, you will understand fine art better. <clears throat> um, and so probably three or four years ago, he started doing oil painting on his uh, YouTube channel. And I started to pick it up and I'm playing around with it. I've been doing oils on um on vehicles so troy um on your like your gene stealer cult you would be just pick up one or two oil paints and some type of odorless mineral spirits and do some weathering on your tanks and i think you would find it to be not only fun but give you a really nice result in a pretty quick amount of time um so i started doing that you know quite a long time ago and when Waffle started doing these YouTube videos and his Patreon campaign with oil paints, I was like, this is something like, uh, this works really well. And I'll tell you where <laughs> this is a shame on me. So last, uh, Depticon 19, 
I got the uh, MDF paint racks because I had been <laughs> I had been using the same paint carrier that I had from medical school <laughs> that came out of the cadaver lab <laughs> has been holding <laughs> acrylic paints for 20 years or whatever. And so I bought these MDF holders because that's what all the cool kids have. And I bought 120 slots, whatever many kits to make 120 slots. Um, and I didn't have enough room to put all my paints. And I was like mortified with myself. I was like, I was shameful. Um, and so many paints, I didn't realize I had like four of the same purple and like 18 versions of gray that, you know, indistinguishable almost from each other. And I was like, who needs this many paints? And every one of them was clogged. And if it was a GW paint, it was dried out. I mean, it was just really kind of ticking me off. Um, and then contrast paints came out. And so one of the things I didn't like about contrast paints is they killed the, what was it? The glaze paint line. Yep. Yeah, um, the glazes. Yep. The, yeah, the glazes. And I love. I was trying to look in my cadaver box to see if I still had them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the, I mean, and so contrast came out with what, like thirty-two colors or something crazy like that. And who in this group thinks that in another year or two that all thirty-two colors are going to be there? Like, obviously, GW and Citadel are, are going to cancel some of that line because it just makes sense economically. And I was just tired of having dead paints, either because they dried out or because the company decided that they were done. It wasn't a great selling, whatever. And when you look at the fine art part of oil painting, that's just never going to happen. Um, these companies have been around for ages. Um, you really know on the on the label of the paint what you're getting, what you can expect out of it. And if you need to switch to another paint line for any reason, you can find your pigment information on the tube and you can find a comparable color in another brand. And it's just all clear and right there for you. Um, and none of these crazy IP names and paints being changed for the sake of being changed. I mean, I get how all that works, but it's been kind of nice to know that... Uh, um, you're future proof in a way. Okay. Now with oil too, you can kind of, I don't want to say set it and forget it, but like you, you can work from it for quite a while, right? Like you don't have to worry about it drying up on your palate as you're, as you're taking a break. So it's kind of weird. That, yeah. So it takes, so the reason why you use oils as over acrylics, the advantages is how long drying times. So you can mix paints. So wet blending is now super simple um, because you, it's it's not drying fast like you would if you put a thin glaze of a acrylic paint down and you're trying to wet blend. Like you've got to work fiercely fast, <clears throat> and that's part of the challenge of wet wet blending. With the oil paints, you have hours to make it work. Um, and so not only are you not worried about it drying on your palette, um, you can use the miniature as your palette. So you can mix paints on the miniature itself um <laughs> you're not going to have a tube of oil paints go dry on you unless you like saw it in half with a you know <laughs> with a skill saw um you know you, when you're ready to open up your paint it's going to come out it's there and i found that living in the midwest like in the summertime it does take a little bit of time for my oils to dry like maybe a day to two days in the high humid um and uh, here in the mississippi uh, valley in the wintertime, maybe less than 12 hours, and you've got um, dry paint. <clears throat> um, so you have time. And so not only 
I think a lot of people go, oh yeah, it dries a long time so you can mix it well. But all you have to do is add a little bit of that uh, mineral spirits back and you can then erase what you have. So you make a mistake or you're sloppy or you're just like, uh, screw this, we're starting over. Mineral spirits and run and you you can go back in time if you need to. Do you do you struggle with fine detail with how thick oil paints are? I struggle in fine detail because I'm a horrible painter. Um, <laughs> I don't think the uh, the medium has anything to do with it. Um, no, you can really. Um, so there are a handful of of people who are on uh, who have some YouTube channels, and there's a guy who I've recently become enamored with. Um, cause he has done like really incredible fine art and his name is Dmitry, uh, Fischesko. Um, he's a Russian fella and I probably butchered his name. Um, and you can get to really small brush sizes and really, um, go as detailed as you want. And Wapple will show this on his videos as well. I mean, they're free. Uh, they're doing free hand designs on models that are incredible. Um, Dimitri has some. <clears throat> um, models to where he has done like freehand tattoos on large busts that is like lifelike, all in oils. Um, you know, the great masters did incredible freehand detail work hundreds of years ago without any of the real luxuries that we have now. So, no, you can absolutely do detail. Um, you do have to remember the Bob Ross rule, and that is thin on thick and thick on thin. So one of the problems you can run into is if you're trying to put equal viscosity paint on top of each other, they just blend together. Um, but if you thin it down or thicken it up, um, you can generally put a layer on top of another layer pretty easily. I think uh, we're going to have Gabe run a seminar for us here on, on Discord. We're all going to buy our like three oil paints. We're going to have a test model. You know, we we'll use like a, a Space Marine and we'll just do a a, a discord uh oil paint okay. seminar well the good news everyone got space marines this week right so <laughs> there's plenty of space marines to go around except bryce most, we're still working on bryce so we'll, most we're people oh, bryce. <laughs> bryce they're so, like you... stormcast but with long-range weapons so it's <laughs> <laughs> have um, you painted with any heavy body acrylics um, I do like the heavy body acrylics from Scale 75. Um, I know you can get some commercial brands as well. They need to be prepared just a little bit. Um, and they kind of give you the oil paint light consistency. Um, I like them, but I don't think I'm going to stick with them, um, even though they are really fun to paint with. And they offer some real unique um, advantages over acrylics because they do stay wet a little bit longer. They're really mixable, like oil paint, so you do a lot of color mixing, um, and so you don't need this gigantic array of paints. Um, the problem is, is um, I do a lot of like paint for a little bit, run a kid to hockey practice, come back, paint a little bit more, run a kid to a hockey game. And so those uh, heavy body acrylics, even on a wet palette, kind of break down after a few hours and you have to start over again, where the oil paints are good there for a day or so on the wet palette. And I'm so cheap, I just can't afford more paint and more wet palettes. And so <laughs> it just makes life easier that way. And my last question is, how many brushes do you go through? Um, so I use, so if you guys have, paid, uh, have watched any of Jim Wapple's stuff, he uses the, he's the, like the, 
the one who really has been a proponent of the hobby brush. So the hobby brush pack that you get like 12 brushes for like $6. Um, they're like number eight to number 12 rounds. So I use those for a lot. And then I will use the Cotman synthetic brushes for a lot of the heavy duty work. Um, and then I will even use some of my sable brushes um, for the fine detail work. And the, they actually will last longer than acrylic brush paints that are used, um, paint brushes that are used for acrylics. The oil kind of conditions the brush a little bit. So the oil, you know, typically linseed oil that's in the, in the paint actually helps extend the life of the, of the brush out a little bit. Doesn't the, the thinner though, or the mineral spirits destroy them? I've not had that happen to my Windsor uh, Newton Series 7 um, detail brush. Um, yeah, I'm not like bashing it in the white spirits. Um, and you're using kind of some pretty tame white spirits because it's odorless. Um, and it's really designed to kind of thin the oil paint, not destroy the oil paint, so not turpentine. Um, and you're not, you know, <laughs> leaving it stuck in there so that it really destroys and breaks down the adhesive in the brush. I use mine, I rinse it out in some kind of tap water, warm, soapy water, just like I would clean the dishes in my sink after a nice, you know, um, oily dinner. And, you know, my paints are come out pretty clean. I don't have any problems with them. What's next to the hobby table? What What's the next thing you're going to paint with your oil paints? Um, so right now I'm staring at the Lumineth box set. Um, down the way, the Indominus box set just showed up. Behind me is a whole stack of Anvil Aid Ethereum boxes that I haven't gotten to. Um, the Sisters of Battle box set is still ready to be painted. So um, you've got days of uh, <laughs> months of, of hobby. Months, right. Actually, in a weird sense, if this pandemic lasted for a couple of years, I would be okay because I've got enough oil paints to get me through <laughs> and I've got more than enough models. So. <laughs> Any other uh, any other hobby questions for for the good doctor before we um, completely derail what has been a, uh, a relatively highbrow educational segment into? That, yeah, that was good. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna loop us back once a little bit um, since this is we're, this is Gen Con week um, and we're all missing Gen Con a little bit. I don't know, if, Gabe, if you want to share. I know you've talked a little bit about. I don't know if it's the Wednesday night of Gen Con or, or Thursday that you have this epic. Uh, role-playing yeah. thing if you want to i don't know if, i'm sure that people would find it as interesting as i do um before we lead you down the medical question thing but uh it was a it's a good memory from gen con and fortunately we're not doing it this year but uh i know yeah you're you're making me melancholy all of a sudden <laughs> there troy um don't, don't worry that'll change soon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean this is another friend of a friend so um my role-playing group here we've come pretty close over the years so one of our players, um, his best friend actually manages um, some restaurants in downtown Indianapolis. So that's pretty cool. And for years, kind of like Wednesday night, we have a big throwdown. So he's the GM of a restaurant. So we go in and pretty much take over the restaurant. And for the last five, six years, we get one of the big um, uh, corporate rooms and we have like a giant, usually role-playing game session um, and invite some friends who can make it, you know, people who are free on Wednesday night, um, a couple of cases of wine, a crap ton of food and some games. And it's, it's great fun. 
So, and it's been another one of those ways we've been like, Hey, we know so-and-so let's meet this guy. So we've met a lot of people in the industry, um, Gen Con related, um, but just made other friendships along the way of just, you know, people who are just like hanging around looking for something fun to do. And they get brought into this madness of filet mignon and cabernet. I mean, it's really pretty nutty and Cthulhu. So, you know, the, the, the three C's. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty awesome. Because I know, I mean, we're usually the Wednesday night we're there and we're usually at whatever establishment we may figure out for, for beer and pizza or whatever we're doing on that night. And we're always like, Gabe, what are you doing? And he's like, nope, I'm I'm off on near my uh, my big uh, role-playing adventure on Wednesday night. So we, we know that's where he is on, on Wednesdays at Gen Con. So cool. And it's, it's usually like a Cthulhu game or something like that with like 16 players. So it's kind of one of those like complete, <laughs> madness um a few years ago we did have to institute a rule uh no games before 10 o'clock on thursday morning um <laughs> well i think we had an incident one year um and so this is a safety precaution for all those involved <laughs> one one of the c's probably impacts that more than the others uh i would your guess yeah i think that's cognac is the one so <laughs> excellent Maybe Troy, just just to honor you, at the end of the segment, we'll we'll each share a Gen Con memory from Gen Cons of years past, and and Bryce, we'll ask you to share a uh, a Gen Con hope for the future because we refuse to not let you come to Gen Con one of these years. <laughs> In the meantime, though, I am going to take us down this road, uh, and, and feel free to interject uh, as as we go with these questions, guys. But we have a list here. And I'm, I'm going to kick it off, Gabe, in your expert professional opinion, are oil paints better for licking your brush than acrylics? Uh, so my professional opinion, so let's take one step back here for one moment. Um, <laughs> you, you brought up my professional title once, and I'm just going to say this real quick and get it out of the way. If you're taking your medical advice from some random dude on a podcast, that's on you. <laughs> like, uh, says a lot about your own uh, personal belief system, and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, so interestingly, um, so uh, oil paints traditionally in the past got this uh, uh, knock for being toxic because they used uh, things like cadmium and other toxic substances. Turns out their toxicity when you ingest them is not too bad. Um, it's more like when they're inhaled or ingested in large quantities and the newer uh, versions of the oil paints um, do not um, cause oral toxicity when you ingest them. That being said, you're a complete and total moron if you lick your oil paints because it has terpenoids mixed in it most likely. <laughs> and the bacteria from your mouth is going to ruin your brush and it's, you're going to get like some funky fungal growth on it. <laughs> and, you know. There's just no need for oil for for licking your oil brushes. And let me tell you, you wouldn't just lick a brush filled with vegetable oil for no good reason unless you're a psychopath. So no, just stop. like just like, don't be ridiculous. Oh, this is as good as I hoped it would be. This is fantastic. Um, I will say I had zero warning of what these questions would be. Um, I was not expecting that one. I was expecting something a little bit more. Um, well, let, just ask the rest of the question. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get to those. We'll get to the ones right, you're yeah. expecting. My, my symptoms of Nurgle's rot have persisted for seven days. Should I call my doctor? 
Okay, so you're talking about the disease of Nurgle, and I had a big hard take on this after our um, when I met you guys up in Milwaukee at Champs, one of the finest establishments on wherever I was in Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> and this was before the pandemic. Like we knew, like there was this COVID nineteen thing. I actually, didn't even yeah. have that name then. So. Um, my hot take's going to be a little sour because of the real world that we live in. But listen, um, what we understand about viruses today is there's generally single-celled organisms that you know need a host, and they replicate, steal your DNA, RNA, and they go on and live their life, right? So Nurgle doesn't play that. It, the disease of Nurgle, or far the Nurgle, it, this is a multicellular. I'm like, as far as we understand it, it's still one, <laughs> still one cell. Joshua, this is very serious. So, I mean, if you want me to I'm talk about it, yeah. Ty, you know, if you need to excuse yourself, then uh, no, ner- the the disease of Nurgle is like way more serious than like anything we experience now because it's very clearly like multiple cells inside of one cell. In other words, it's sentient, right? So a virus just kind of does just, it lives like a virus that we know about today lives to spread its DNA, RNA to the next infected host, like, oh, congratulations, you win evolution. No, Nurgle's rod is a sentient kind of infection that we don't even understand that Nurgle pulls the strings. So you want to change a whole society? Yeah, sorry, Ty, if you've been infected with Nurgle's rod by seven days, the world is getting ready to change because it's over with. And (laughs) the weak die, and we call them cultists, and the strong (laughs) become plague marines or they become white kings, depending on, you know, how advanced the civilization is. And so Father Nurgle has many blessings, the most of which is the uh, is Nurgle's right. That's fantastic. I'm I'm gonna change it up a little bit from from medical to historical. Oh, was, oh um, was Tom Cruise the last samurai? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. So this this goes back to a conversation that was shared many, many years ago um, at Adepticon. And this sparked such hot outrage that it went on for like weeks after Adepticon. And I even watched The Last Samurai when we came back home. And it was so boring, I fell asleep like an hour into it. So the answer is I could care less if he was the first samurai, the last samurai, could be the third from the last. I was like... Fantastic. No, what is pretty awesome uh, is Top Gun. So who's not excited <laughs> for a new Top Gun? Very excited. Very excited. Um, you, you still cannot uh, buzz the control tower, though. Pattern is full, Ghost Rider. I think I was inverted at mm-hmm. the time. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, let's, let's go back to hobby here a little bit. Um, how much blood must flow from the hobby table to appease corn? Um, so interesting side story here. Um, I've given my appeasement to corn while putting together an Eldar knight of the, what is it? The small night walker, um, to the point I almost amputated my thumb. Um, so the answer is I've given enough blood. I had to have a minor surgery and a lot of stitches placed and I still bear the scars. So, um, I know it's Eldar and it should be Slanesh, but corn works in crazy ways. So. Fantastic. My kids also learned a serious lesson that day about a hobby knife and how to use a knife correctly as I screamed about the house with blood pouring <laughs> everywhere. So they got to grow up. Uh, <laughs> they, don't, they don't raise themselves anymore. Uh, next question. 
Can I airbrush in an enclosed space with no N95 mask? Um, I do not own an N95 mask, and I airbrush exclusively in a small basement room, and I'm just fine. You heard it here first. Um, um, we have a friend of ours who like tried to paint on uh, a call with us last year while he had his head stuck in a wind tunnel. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, what are we trying to prove here? This is, uh, no, I no. to be honest with you, uh, particle sizes are pretty big. Um, you're not inhaling the, the spray as it comes about. And I kind of spray into a small box into the corner and do not use terpenoids or oil paints in your airbrush. I've seen some people do that. That um, sounds like a really bad idea. Um, but acrylic paints sprayed a distance, don't inhale. You should be good. All right. Just like Makes a campaign for prison. Well, <laughs> so this question was two part because I, oh, I gotcha. often uh, see how Bryce airbrushes and how I know Gabe is, is often airbrushing mask free. So that, that was uh, a special one for me. Um, all right. Well, so, so Bryce, I, I'm not aware. Like, what is your standard airbrushing technique? Uh, uh, I, if you can see behind me, I airbrush right there with no vents or anything like that, and I I spray away obviously. And I the, the where it gets questionable is cleaning my airbrush when I'm spraying cleaner through. I have one of those little pots with the little filter on it, but that filter doesn't do anything because. I can definitely smell yeah. all of the chemicals coming into my nose as I'm spraying it. I, I'm forming a tear because I'm so proud of how, <laughs> how much you've grown in your hobby. Just... <laughs> this, this next one is a, a bit of a loaded question, but a, a fun one. Um, who is uh, your favorite czar of HR at Anvil 8 Games? Why is it Will Conway? <laughs> uh, my favorite czar of Anvil 8. Um, well, it used to be handsome Zach um, for a lot of reasons, uh, uh, mainly his hair and his handsomeness. But he stood me up twice the last couple of times that I've uh, tried to visit the the majesty that is Anvil H. Shangri-La. So obviously, obviously, it's Will Conway. Like, who else would it be? Absolutely. Um, though um, I, I have word on the street from Shangri-La that the uh, Grand Czar himself is not around. He hasn't been seen for ages. Um, I, you know, it's, I'm not saying there's a controversy going around, but I'm not saying I could see him tomorrow either. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. Oh, I, I'd like to interject with the question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so a few months ago, we, we were put into lockdown, and I like to not. I like to really push my limits and not go to the grocery store until I absolutely have to. And there was a sketchy time where I thought maybe I wasn't going to be able to buy groceries. So what would you recommend or say would be more um, sustaining to me to, for me to live off of green stuff or <laughs> diorama effects? <laughs> diorama effects. I'm not sh quite sure what diorama is. It's, it's like the sterling mud stuff that oh. GW makes, you know, the texture. Oh, yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So it's like acrylic paint with some type of medium in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably like sawdust. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that kind of stuff kind of has the texture of porridge. And we all know that porridge is actually pretty good for you during a time <laughs> of international crisis. Um, 
and I can't get green stuff to mix well, like when the world is spinning correctly. And I'm always kind of afraid that just something horrible is going to explode. And it kind of gets like a little warm when you mix it together. So I would be worried about combustible reactions and um, exothermic reactions in your gut. I mean, it would be pretty serious. So yeah, so the Sterling effects or whatever you called it would be probably what I would, if like if things got really dicey, I think you're good there. Perfect. Actually, let's look at all the different um, effects and see which one would be most palatable. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Right? Okay. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll do an article. We'll do an article on basement of death for that. Yeah. If you need to eat maybe your hobby like supplies, blind, what could it be? Maybe a like blind a test. blind taste test at Adepticon yeah. next year. <laughs> like everybody has a spoonful, and it's like you rate it and see who what after, comes out on. after we go to the Indian restaurant on. Friday night for for <laughs> dinner <laughs> or Saturday night. <laughs> um, all right. So if oh. if I have hot dice hand syndrome, what is a better treatment for hot dice hand? Is it Nuln oil or Agrax Earthshade? Um, so you're both wrong um, because you can make incredible washes from oil paints and and not mineral spirits because that's going to be a little irritating to your hands, but some just linseed oil. So you can take your favorite, like dark sepia, probably would be the best one, um, with some linseed oil, and that should take care of it. Fantastic! I'm gonna try that. Or you um, could be team tournament partners with the aforementioned Will Conway, because I've never seen a guy go so cold with dice hands than when he's like, "I'm totally taking rolling my beast claw raider crap and throwing <laughs> snowballs and killing the opponent." And I'm like, well, what happened? He's like, yeah, I missed with every shot. So those are your two options. <laughs> if you're out of linseed oil, you know, Conway would be a good second. <laughs> oh. oh, wonderful. And um, next question is uh, back to kind of Gen Con themed. How many vodka sodas is too many and why is it seven? Um, so, you know, I like to carry around, I think it's like a 30 ounce like container. So walk around with, so that's 210 ounces. That's, I like enough before lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have seven of those throughout the day, Nurgle be praised. You'll ward off the Nurgle's rod and then you'll be fine. And just make sure you put some green limes in it. <laughs> oh boy. Now let's let's go to the role playing table. Uh, but this is right before you walk into a room for a colonoscopy. Uh, do you search for traps or kick in the door and go in swinging? <laughs> so I have a couple of colonoscopy stories. I'm not sure which one is the one to share at this time. But in my experience, kicking in swinging or going in swinging is really the best option. Um, I used to do these colonoscopies when I was in training with this guy who I love him. I still know him now. and He's very reserved. And we would go in super quiet. And then he would, as soon as the patient was asleep, he'd be like, now. And then they would turn on the Grateful Dead so loud you could hear it like all the way down the hallway. So I figured if I was going to do it, you just kick the door in and go for it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Now we have a few other questions that I, I think Josh may have added. So I'm I'm gonna hand it over to my good friend Koopman and let him uh bring this home with a, a few questions. All right, all right, Dr. Don't you Gabe. dare say it. <laughs> no. <laughs> is is WebMD a suitable replacement for a trained medical doctor? Oh, without question. 
So, I mean, listen, who do you think wrote WebMD for crying out loud? <laughs> listen, I love it if you come in and spend your hard-earned money to tell me what you read on the internet. And my cat sounds great to me. <laughs> Along those lines. Sure. How much blood is too much blood in your stool? Um, well, as I used to teach medical residents, um, all bleeding stops eventually. Um, however, the technical answer is any is too much. And Coop, we should talk when we're done with this call. Uh, you know, <laughs> throw me a DM. We probably need to talk. Um, curiously, have you been eating a lot of red jello? <laughs> Uh, a little bit. Okay, so it could be red jello. So we need to make sure it's not the other. All right, we'll we'll rifle through my stool later. Um, <laughs> has your Mephiston red like gone to a gel like consistency? And have you been licking your brush? Mm -hmm. No, no, that that's that's been off off the table. Okay. Um, Troy, why so do I feel like? Josh is asking me like like real personal questions. Like, <laughs> that's fine. That's why we let him ask these ones. That's why. That's why Ty handed it over. That's it. So and and finally, uh, a friend of the show, uh, Marlon asked, uh, you know, after seeing the term on social media over the past couple of days. Okay, hold on one second. So this came up yeah. in an age restricted forum on your very fine Discord <laughs> channel. So everybody <laughs> cool with this going through in like general chat. Yeah, click yes on uh, the 18 year older. Um, so yeah, what is the cause and best treatment for demon sperm? Prometheum. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of fire, inquisition, and Grey Knight should be involved. And uh, next question. <laughs> obviously, it's I a corn. Obviously, it's a corn infection. Um, corn with a K. Um, so you know it's you know, and fire will kill it all. Okay, oh, awesome. That's wonderful. Now th that is that is as, as far as uh, we got for any any actual questions. But I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the adults in the room, uh, mainly Bryce and Troy, um, <laughs> if you guys have any other questions for Doctor Gabe <laughs> uh, that I, we have I do not have already one. covered. And you can just stop me if we're if we're breaking any HIPAA laws here. But if you we've had... already talked about Josh's colonoscopy, <laughs> <laughs> we're good. <laughs> We so, crossed that bridge a long time ago. Take the most interesting conversation you've ever had and turn it into a final boss in a D&D campaign with a patient. Obviously, you can change things around so we don't violate anything, but I feel like you got something good. So what it ends up being is like a body horror and like to the point to where you have to get not necessarily like freaked out, but just disgusted when you start like drinking your own vomit type of stuff. Cause you're just like, this is rotten. Um, it's a lot like Nurgle. Um, so it's going to be familiar yet. It's going to be pretty, pretty horrible. And, and, and to be honest, just like really sad. So great way to end your D and D campaign. Um, just sad. And everyone leaves like just bummer. So cool. Thanks. <laughs> hey, thanks, Bryce. <laughs> uh, 
Troy, can you bring us back? Um, <laughs> I I don't I do not have any any burning questions for the the good doctor at the moment. I think we've we've, now, hit, we've burns, hit a lot of the high. Um, I can probably help you out with that. That's, that's actually right on my alley. Maybe like a salve or something. Yeah. Uh, well. If um, any of our, you know, dozen listeners have a question for Dr. Gabe and uh, they, they need, just need to know, um, reach out to us and, and let us know and we'll see if we can, uh, you know, <laughs> get some answers for you in the future. But um, Gabe, any, anything in closing? Uh, you know, I, I don't know any, anything coming up or any, anything you want to um, touch on before we kind of wrap up, but. Well, I know that this segment kind of was birthed after some mistakenly ordered stouts um, at Champs over the winter. So glad <laughs> we were able to finally make it work. I'm pretty sure we've um, saved some lives. We've made a difference. Uh, we're changing the world with our conversation here today. So um, let me know. Let me, if you have more questions, let me know. I'm pretty sure we can come to some consensus. <laughs> or, or just hit up WebMD. <laughs> well yeah because i'll write an article josh and it'll be there and then you can tell me why you think it's right i'll be like Duh. Uh, so, so real world josh i used that on a on a real live t-shirt like not all that long ago they were like tell me how they read the internet and i'm like yeah i read the internet before you were born and they really had no combat <laughs> I did get called by my superiors about it, but I felt <laughs> I felt justified. <laughs> Fantastic. In in closing, before we part ways with the uh, the wonderful Dr. Gabe, I thought let's let's all remember the the Gen Con that wasn't in in 2020 uh, with one of our favorite all time Gen Con memories. Um, Troy, I'm gonna start with you because you have you know probably. 30 odd years of Gen Con experience. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that makes it easier. I think when you have more experience to find, to, the, to find what I, I mean, yeah, I have yeah. a million, we could do a million. So I'm going to go all the way back and I don't know if I've, I probably, I don't know if I've told the story or not. So I will probably go back and just remember like my first Gen Con, which was probably 83. Um, and Gen Con was at Parkside University in, <laughs> uh in kenosha wisconsin um and we camped out basically we went like there was no hotel you talk about we have trouble with hotel space now like we went camping like there we went and stayed at this campsite somewhere in outside kenosha and then you went to the um uw parkside campus during the day but it for me i was i I think i was in high school at the time and got to go and it was just this incredible experience and um and got to meet uh, I got to meet Jeff Grubb, who was at that time he had wrote writ, written for D and D, and I think he had written the Marvel role playing game, the original Yellow Box, way back in the day. So that was kind of like it was my first taste into like, hey, this won this hobby and getting to meet the people, like, you know, kind of an extension of what we do now, right? Where we grow that. So uh, you know, that was a, the taste, and I've never looked back <laughs> in the uh, whatever thirty some years since then. Um, that I, they've Troy, could enough. you imagine if Gen Con 2021 was at a campground? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, open air. We need to do an open air, uh, open air Gen Con. It'll solve it all. I'm on it. Sign me up. <laughs> Josh, how about you? Favorite Gen Con experience slash moment memory? Uh, I 
I don't know. It's 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 uh, a lot of them for me are, and I, I'm not conglom a lot of them together. Um, but it's it's like when the you know three, four, five of us, whoever, kind of hang out around beers or or a, a meal, and we kind of just hang out and talk and and kind of reminisce about the day or what's been going on. That's like my favorite times of Gen Con, and there's there's like five or six or seven you know different ones that are kind of coming to mind so i i don't have a a favorite exact one but yeah those times are are my my absolute favorite so yeah wonderful um i will share one before we go to our guest because i I think in proper fashion we should let uh dr gabe wrap up the gen con memories and bryce you also owe us a hope for a gen con future so let you think about that so sure mine and, and mine was not Gen Con itself, but it was the road trip there. It was the first year in Indy or second year in Indy. Uh, borrowed my dad's Jeep Grand Cherokee, had Matt Danner, Barry Holloway and my brother, Tom. Tom at the time was not yet an adult, uh, probably 16 years old. Um, and he came with us for the weekend. Um, I, I, I don't know uh, what my dad was thinking at the time. Um <laughs> And we had Tom uh, exchanging um, messages via sign with a uh, leave some sorority from Purdue University um, along the Indiana freeway. He was writing notes and getting head nods or head shakes. <laughs> no, uh, in a notebook as as we drove and just the laughter. And that's kind of culminated in many road trips since um, along the same stretches of freeway. But. Uh, him carrying on a full-on almost conversation through writing in a notebook and holding it up as we paced this uh, this hopefully made her drive uh, fun and enjoyable because she she was laughing hysterically at times as Tom this teenager would hold up a note <laughs> asking a question um, but yeah that that and the road trip there just the experience of getting out of town is is always enjoyable. Bryce, hope for a Gen Con future. It would definitely be what you and Ty mentioned. the The thought of fifty or seventy thousand people or whatever it is that's that's not interesting to me. But the the time after or two or dirt, you know, away from the convention itself is is the stuff that I would not want to miss out on. So just making those memories with the the people that I've grown quite fond of over the years is is to me what makes those kind of things special well said much better than my story of my impressionable brother (laughs) writing things gabe so bryce i'm gonna give you two one is for you to really dwell on and the other one is my actual favorite memory of gen con (laughs) so gen con starts at 8 p.m uh fairly promptly give or take 45 minutes at the clada bar every night and um, this is where all the movers and shakers of the industry meet and talk. For example, um, one of our friends, I'm not going to mention his name because he might get embarrassed. And, um, you know, he runs a big gaming company that we're all a part of, um, got propositioned by a couple um, uh, who lived in a trailer park. So this is the type of activity that goes on approximately 1.30 at Clada. <laughs> Let me just tell you, it doesn't get a whole lot better than that. Because <clears throat> this went on for a long time. Let me just tell you, it, 
So oh, God. anyway, I didn't say I didn't say your name, Brian. So I didn't want you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can uh, uh, Coop Coop just back it up a few seconds. Um, so my old buddy who got me into this whole mess, Jason Jones. When we were in high school, we went to Milwaukee to Glorious Milwaukee for Gen Con. I think in 93, 94, and we stumbled upon this brand new company, um, Wizards of the Coast or something, and they had this new game called Magic the Gathering. Some guy, Dick Garfield or whatever, was playing people, um, and you played for Annie in this card game, and if he won, he took your Annie and nailed it to a board. So here's all, imagine, you know, all these years later, there's all these alpha cards, like people are just randomly pulling out of their deck and they're just nailed to a board that I'm sure they just threw away. Um, so kind of just being there in the, like the very first weekend that magic was released onto the world. I mean, we were all just like, this is the coolest thing ever. Um, and I think like every year at Gen Con, you're trying to like, what's the newest cool thing that's going to come out. And it probably won't top magic, the gathering, but if you've got a nail in a board and willing to take your product and just nail it up on the board in front of your like tearful fans, then big props to you. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Did I tell you about the time I had an Alpha Black Lotus and I traded it for a 40k orc army. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, maybe that's for the next uh, next time I'm on the yep. show because I'm yeah. pretty sad about that stuff. Yeah, that's uh, that's painful. Well, Gabe, thank you very much. It has been um, a hilarious and, and fun time having you on. I'm I'm glad we got a chance to line this up. Um, as as always, thank you for being a part of this uh, dysfunctional hobby family uh, here on Planet's Land and in the basement of death at large um as we we, say in the business you guys put the fun and dysfunctional so i'm happy to be a part of it dr gabe before before you go um, yeah i ran out of hand sanitizer today (laughs) what what would you recommend that i use from my hobby table instead uh odorless mineral spirit should do the trick um uh or turpentine that will take care of a lot of things uh you might just want to avoid getting dirty in the first place if that's where you're going to go because it's going to sting like a banshee. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you have any of the Nurgle's Rod uh, technical paints, I'm pretty sure you can just rub that on your hands and that will clean pretty much anything because it's Nurgle's Rod. Oh, boy. Well, that has been our Ask Dr. Gabe uh, segment and that that will get us into our our wrap-up thank you all for listening as always please leave us a review on itunes uh you could be the lucky 13th reviewer um in our three years of or four years i don't even know at this point of podcasting find us on facebook uh because troy doesn't want me to take down the facebook page hit us up on twitter at (laughs) plan and slam show um and check out basementofdeath.com where I will say, as we talk about Gen Con that isn't this year, Troy put up a uh, review from our first Gen Con with, with him, Josh and I, kind of when we had first started the Basement of Death kind of gaming group as a thing and a convention going, uh, you know, uh, group uh, 10 years ago in 2010. Um, and it's cool to see the pictures and relive the, the games and the, the write-up. So that's out on basementofdeath.com. You also find some of our previous shows hosted there. Reach us all via email. 
uh, Ty, Josh, Troy, Info, and Bryce, the intern at basementofdeath.com. That's going to bring the episode to the close. So keep the dice rolling, the drinks on ice, and no matter what, keep playing and slaying. I don't know what to do with my hands now. <laughs> <laughs>